Let me tell you about our sponsor. It's American Financing. Um, I don't the think interest rates are... They're not going to go what? up, are they? So, I doubt it. I mean, what are yeah, they, there's no they, evidence. They got, they've gone up, yeah. No, it's gone up. And you know what? I think you're going to find in a couple of seconds here that uh, we're in a recession, too. But not really a recession. Anyway, so if you'd like a loan, but I guess not really a loan, um, <laughs> all you have to do is uh, go to American Financing, but not really go to American Financing. Just go to their website, AmericanFinancing.com, but not really. And then call 800-906-2440. Talk to somebody there. Or don't talk to somebody there is what I think we really mean. You know what I'm saying? We're just redefining all of the language. You want to save money or, or really actually not save money? Oh, my gosh. These people are insane. Call American Financing now. Save money. 800-906-2440. Welcome to the program. We're officially now in a recession. The numbers have come out and the GDP has contracted almost another point in this quarter, which means, of course, if you speak the old timey language, but science has totally changed, that means we're in a recession. But today, because it's Biden, we're not really in a recession. We won't know that for at least a year. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. And we have some more good news. Right, Stu? Oh, oh. we sure do. Inf not only the recession Inf started, <laughs> but yeah. Joe Manchin uh -huh. is here. He's saving the climate. He's stopping inflation. And he's agreed with oh. Chuck Schumer on a deal yeah. to just spend just yeah. a little bit of money, which is always really good for inflation. A couple hundred, eh, seven. Yeah. Uh, don't even ask about the hundreds of billions of dollars. It's a bunch of them. It's just 700 billion. Just but a, don't worry about that. We have to spend money to reduce inflation. And Joe Manchin is finally on board, thank goodness. And the Build Back Better bill has been changed. That's over. Just the same bill, slightly reduced, has been changed in its name to the Inflation Reduction Act. Yay! So everything is great. All right, we're going to take on, uh, we're taking on the lies of CNN uh, in a very methodical and uh, footnoted way in just a second. Stand by for that first yeah, that's right. I got to tell you about our sponsor. It's Relief Factor. You living in pain? Get out of pain. Well, actually, the government would like you to know you're not actually in pain. It takes you not just this lifetime to discover that, but next lifetime. When you die, we'll decide if you're in pain or not, and you can get medicine. 
Um, if you are in pain, start living your life and get out of pain. There is a way to do it for at least 70% of the people who try Relief Factor. They go on to order more month after month. And they do that, I assume, uh, because it works for them. Either they, either that or they're just, I want to heat up the economy and cause inflation. Chuck Schumer may be taking it because it doesn't work for him, but he's just throwing money into the system. Uh, relief factor. Try it. Three-week quick start. Three weeks. If it's not working for you, it probably won't stop taking it. But for 70% of the people... They order more month after month. 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Or relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Okay, we're going to get into the economy uh, next hour. We have quite an amazing show lined up for you. In fact, I can't wait to tell you, but everything has been what is called in our business embargoed. And I'm not allowed to tell you something until uh, the third hour of this broadcast. And that's when ESG and a state treasurer is going to come on, uh, the state treasurer of uh, West Virginia, and he's going to start naming names of banks that say, screw you, we're just going to continue with ESG. And uh, they're not going to be getting any money from, I believe, uh, West Virginia, um, uh, Marlon Oaks is also uh, really good in uh, Utah, the uh, secretary uh, of the Treasury in Utah. He's doing amazing work. I think they're going to stop there. And maybe a couple of other states are going to follow suit. So now we start hitting them where it hurts in the wallet. But we'll talk about that later on in the program. Right now, I want to do part one of the article written by CNN. It has been trending all week. The article, An Imposter Christianity is Threatening American Democracy. And uh, I read it Sunday, and my eyes uh, started to bleed, uh, bleed. So I went to our Mercury Museum and uh, started doing some research, asked uh, Tim Barton, David Barton, and the research staff to be able to do can we compile some evidence that everything CNN is contending here is wrong? And, uh, gee, after nine pages of footnotes, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So I'm going to start today and probably end it tomorrow in this hour, uh, and I'll make it tomorrow available uh, in our uh, newsletter. So subscribe at glenbeck.com for our free newsletter. So here we go. <clears throat> An imposter Christianity is threatening American democracy. The insurrection marked the first time. What is the insurrection? January 6th. The insurrection marked the first time many Americans realized the U.S. is facing, facing a burgeoning white Christian nationalist movement. This movement uses Christian language to cloak sexism and hostility to black people and non-white immigrants in its quest to create a white Christian America. Oh my gosh, now we really know what happened on January 6th. It was white Christians that were trying to get anybody with every color to get them out of here because that's what Jesus says, according to CNN. 
The media is so busy looking for anyone and anything to blame for January 6th and also at the same time serve two masters. Uh, Also take down not just the country, not just conservatives, but also Christianity. And if you have faith, now you are on trial. If you believe in God, free game. And the way they do it is by taking your faith and assigning a false label to it. Your faith, as you will see in this article, is now white Christian nationalist. Do you know of a church that promotes sexism and hostility to black people and non-white immigrants? If you do, please call because you're probably proud. I don't know of a church that is preaching that even in the language of dog whistles. Now, you might be thinking that CNN is referring to some random offshoot of Christianity, a minority whose relevancy must be called out because the article goes on to elaborate. White white Christian nationalist belief have infiltrated the religious mainstream thoroughly, so thoroughly that virtually any conservative Christian pastor who tries to challenge its ideology risks their career says Christian Cobes Dumez. Now, who's Christian Cobes Dumez? She's got a fancy name. She must be smart. Well, she's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Jesus and John Wayne, How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and Fractured a Nation. She says, these ideas are so widespread that any individual pastor or Christian leader who tries to turn the tide and say, let's look again at Jesus in scripture are going to be tossed aside. (gasps) My gosh, I'm terrified now. Okay, so first, CNN is clearly not talking about some random minority offshoot here. They're insinuating that every church in America, especially if you have a white pastor, is infected quote virtually any conservative christian pastor and any individual pastor or christian leader well i think that pretty much encapsulates almost all christian churches but funny enough you're probably still grouped under this label even if you're not white if you believe in christian doctrine to these people you're the enemy You know what they're really talking about here, right? Homosexuality and abortion. The doctrine on these issues is clear, and no true Christian pastor pastor will will, uh, tell you that either is not a sin. They will love the sinner. They will say that is your choice, but it is something that you need to deal with God with because this is what God says. But I'm not going to hate you. Oh, my gosh. They want to overthrow the government with stuff like that. Doctrine cannot be changed due to the politics of the time. I'm sorry, but then again, not sorry at all. CNN brings out the big guns. They bring out the experts here to help them. And the one I just quoted is Christian Dumez. Well, she is a professor of history and gender studies at Calvin University. Now, Calvin University, that's a Christian university. Calvin. I don't know about Hobbes University, but Calvin, 
is definitely a Christian, which gives her a basis as a Christian authority to criticize other Christians and to point out they're all off base. She's referenced six times in the article. It's an amazing high number, but she is a Dumez, and she has a view of Christianity and whether she's a good authority on Christian beliefs. I don't know, but we should consider her viewpoint on the subject, such as her work on the faith of Hillary Clinton. Now, here's her description of her admiration for Hillary, Hillary Clinton's faith, which she says she says she is a big fan of, and that should tell us whether she's a qualified expert on Christian beliefs or not, because listen to what she says, and I quote, Having spent a lot of time reading the sermons and the diaries of intrepid Methodist women in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, I couldn't help but see Hillary Clinton as a torchbearer of this vibrant tradition of progressive faith and activism. Yet it puzzled me that so many people on the left and the right saw her as secular or even a pagan. The more I begin to dig into her story, the more I begin to realize to tell her story is to tell the story of Christianity itself in recent American history. Ah, and the heavens open and the sun beams down on the truth. Uh, by the way, CNN also fails to acknowledge that Domez uh, is currently openly contending against the university's Christian beliefs in important areas such as sexuality. She is currently the leader in opposition to the Christian beliefs in her church in that area, not only debating the university's position, but also being photographed in front of a pride flag. Now, just this one source alone, it's pretty clear CNN, uh, we know what they have a problem with here. The Christian faith, what bothers them, gets them so hot, and oh my gosh, they're after us, is the doctrine uh, of the Bible, which is on trial here. And anyone willing to pervert it is an expert, a theologian, or a historian. The article goes on to identify the key beliefs, three key beliefs associated with the white Christian nationalists. Oh, well, I'm going to take a break because you need to have a sip of water because you're going to realize pretty darn quickly that you have been calling for the overthrow of this government all because of black and Hispanic people or people of another color, which I shan't express at this time. Back in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you American about American financing. financing. NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Yeah, that's right. Time passes quickly, and in case you haven't noticed, the seasons build up and turn into years, and the years build up and turn into decades, and before you know it, you go from a college kid to a spouse to a parent to a parent to a homeowner to death. Next thing you know, you're in the coffin laying there. That's life. Anyway, here you are. How are things looking for you? Um, do you do you make enough to support your family and your lifestyle with only one job? I know about uh, it's now over 50 percent of the American people are having a hard time making ends meet. 
So it's not just you, brother. It's everybody. America's Home for Home Loans for over 20 years have been helping people just like you save a ton of money, refinancing, consolidation, or even uh, accessing your home's equity. They do all of it, and they do it right, and they work for you, not the bank. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440. Talk to some of the people there. They're all on salary. Nobody's getting kickbacks if they sell you a certain loan for a certain bank. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. Oh, yeah. So we are going back now into the religion and theology. Raise your hands and praise the Lord for CNN. Gang, stop the music. They have caught us. They have caught us. CNN says that we are all worshiping an imposter Christianity. And they have somebody named Christiane Anampur. That kind of has Christ in the name, so I think we should pay attention. The article, released on Sunday, identifies three key beliefs associated with the white Christian nationalists. And here they are, and ask yourself right now, do I belong to a hate group? Belief number one. <laughs> a belief that the United States was founded as a Christian nation. <laughs> Gotcha! You're in a hate group. For this section, CNN rolls out their expert of experts on this topic. Yale professor Philip Gorski. Is he a historian? Is he a theologian? No, he's neither. He's a sociology professor, which is code for I'm a radical leftist practicing uh, in a uh, in a uh, uh, a role here that was designed by Karl Marx. Yeah, yeah, sociology. Uh, Karl Marx, look it up. Anyway, he's just looking to indoctrinate as many young minds as he can. And so CNN says, let's find the best and the brightest for this little thesis. CNN re refers to him 12 times in this article. He says, erasing the line separating piety from politics is a key characteristic of white Christian nationalism. Wow. Aren't I told every day that I am just somebody that is just a horrible, horrible person unless I apply the politics uh, of this new woke religion? Anyway, uh, erasing the line separating piety from politics is a key characteristic of white Christian nationalism. Many want to reduce or, re or erase the separation of church and state, say those who study the movement. Who, who are they? Who, who are those who are studying the movement? Why aren't you quoting them? What is separation of church and state? Well, according to our court and public policy de de decisions, it includes an individually individual personally expressing his faith and beliefs in public so they believe christians are theocrats for wanting to see individuals receive the constitution's guaranteed protection for free speech and religious expression that many courts have ignored recently 
Now, consider some of the separation of church and state restrictions that CNN and this Yale professor just think as nonsense. For instance, uh, a student was prohibited from writing a research paper on a religious topic uh, or drawing religious artwork in class or carry a personal Bible onto the school grounds. Uh, school forbade a Bible from being placed in its reference library. Wow, try to understand Shakespeare without the Bible. Cadets at a state military academy were banned from praying over their meals individually. A state employee in Minnesota was barred from parking his car in the state parking lot because of a religious sticker on his bumper. Five-year-old kindergarten student in Saratoga Springs, New York, was forbidden to say a prayer over her lunch and was scolded by the teacher for doing so. Senior citizens who regularly gathered at a community center in Balk Springs, Texas, prohibited from paying, praying over their meals. A library em employee in Russellville, Kentucky, was barred from wearing her necklace because it had a small cross on it. College students serving residential assistance in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, prohibited from holding Bible studies in their own personal dorm rooms. A, a school lunch official in St. Louis, Missouri, caught an, an elementary student praying over his lunch, lifted the student from his seat, reprimanded him from other students, took him to the principal, who ordered him, stop praying! Now, there are hundreds of these examples, and that's what they claim is the separation of church and state. So what does the separation of church and state actually mean in a historic sense? Well, the only founder that talked about this separation of church and state um, was Thomas Jefferson. So we should ask him because the progressives credit him with the, ori uh, the, um, the, the uh, origin of that phrase, and they love it so much. So it was Jefferson's firm position that the federal government had no authority to interfere, limit, regulate, or prohibit public religious expressions. You mean like praying over lunch? <laughs> yes, exactly. And he stated that on multiple occasions. Oh, I wish I had 10 or 12 examples. For oh, I do. I do. Oh, it's going to take us more than two days to get through all of this but by gum we'll do it more in just a second the Glenn Beck program I want you to go out on a limb today I mean it's not a dangerous one it's more of a trunk it's an important one both for your personal finances and for a bigger cause. I want you to check out Patriot Mobile and consider making the switch. This is a company that I don't just endorse, I admire. They offer plans for just about any budget, and they're on the same cell towers as the big guys, so you know you're going to get great service while saving money. And more importantly, Patriot Mobile stands for the same values you and I stand for. They're America's only Christian conservative mobile company, and they're standing right next to us in the fight against the creeping rot of leftism in this country. They donate to causes that you can get behind, which is a lot better than you can say for, let's say, Verizon, who gives money to Planned Parenthood. Switch today. 
We need a parallel economy, and you need to give money to the people who are helping save our nation. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch today. Get free activation. Use the promo code Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. You're running out of time to save 20 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code unsafe. All right, so we're debunking the CNN article that America has a real problem because Christianity, all the churches have been taken hostage, and now they're white nationalist Christian churches. So they have gone on to identify the three key beliefs associated with white Christian nationalists. The first one is a belief the United States was founded as a Christian nation. Okay, so we we told you about this, and then the separation of church and state, we showed you what was being passed. Uh, But I want to get real quickly here to what separation of church and state actually means. Okay, we have to go to Thomas Jefferson because he's the only one that said this. It was Jefferson's firm position that the federal government had no authority to interfere with, limit, regulate or prohibit public religious expressions a position he stated on many occasions like this, quote, no power over the freedom of religion is delegated to the United States by the Constitution, First Amendment. In the matter of religion, I have considered, considered that its free exercise is placed by the Constitution independent of the powers of the federal government. Quote, our excellent Constitution has not placed our religious rights under the power of any public functionary. Now, none of these statements or other statements by Jefferson contain even the slightest hint that religion should be isolated or removed from public square or that the public square should be secularized. Rather, that the government could not limit or regulate any religious expressions. So now... Let's understand the concern here. Jefferson wrote about the uh, separation of church and state to people of faith who were saying, I don't trust this government. I don't trust. We, they will find a way to stop us. Jefferson replied to them January 1st, 1802, assuring them that they had nothing to fear. Quote, the government would not meddle with your religious expression, whether it occurs in public or private. Quoting, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people, which declared in the First Amendment that their legislature should, quote, make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. So he was using that as a metaphor, saying, don't worry about it. They're not going to touch religion because they're not able to touch religion. It is beyond their reach. The exact opposite of what the Yale professor, who is neither a theologian or a historian, is saying in this lovely CNN article. Let me move on. There's more, but you'll get it in our newsletter. (sighs) Well, I got to take a breath. I mean, I really hate completely blowing up CNN's first key belief of white Christian nationalists right at the beginning. But, you know, maybe they're just ignorant 
or they're being completely dishonest. You'll have to figure out. The article and ignorance goes on. One of the most popular beliefs, writes CNN, among white Christian nationalists is that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. The founding fathers were all orthodox, evangelical Christians, and that God has chosen the U.S. for a special role in history. But the notion that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation is bad history and bad theology, says Philip Gorsky, the sociologist who is neither, again, a theologian or a historian. But he is the co-author of The Flag and the Cross, White Christian Nationalism and the Threat to American Democracy. So it makes him authority on his opinion. He says it's a half-truth, a mythological version of American history. So saith the Yale sociology professor. Amen. Well, since I didn't get any real historians to comment for this article, let me give you some very well-documented footnotes and quotes that are actually historically accurate. On literally hundreds of occasions in the past two centuries, state and federal courts have routinely declared America as a Christian nation. For starters, in a unanimous decision in 1844, the U.S. Supreme Court confirmed America as, quote, a Christian country. 1892, Supreme Court did it again, delivered a unanimous ruling declaring America is, quote, a Christian nation. In 1931, Supreme Court reaffirmed the same position for a third time, stating we are, quote, a Christian people. Now, I know you have no respect for the Supreme Court unless it agrees with you, but that's what the Supreme Court has said. But maybe we can go for some presidents because presidents have all made comments on this, including John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, John Quincy Adams, John Taylor, Zachary Taylor, James Buchanan, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, William McKinley, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Dwight Eisenhower, uh, Richard Nixon. Hey, here's one from Lyndon Baines Johnson that you'll like if you're a progressive Uh, in these last 200 years we have guided the building of our nation and our society by those principles and precepts brought to earth nearly 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas oh and then if I may quote America was born as a Christian nation America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of Holy Scripture. Who said that? Oh, it gives me great joy to say Woodrow frickin' Wilson! Your God on the left! But let's go back even further in our history. 1606, Virginia Charter declared the colony was started for the propagation of Christian religion to such people as yet live in ignorance of the true knowledge and worship of God and Jesus Christ. Mayor, uh, the Mayflower, Mayflower Compact of 1620 declared their endeavor was undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. 1629, Charter of Massachusetts Bay Colony declared that winning the country to the knowledge and obedience of the only one true God and Savior of mankind in the Christian face is the principal end of this plantation or colony. 1639. Do I need to go on? I mean, I, I can do this all day long. Get it in the uh, newsletter. Okay. Let me, let me just give you one more. Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren. I believe no one can read history of our country without realizing the good book and the spirit of the Savior have from the beginning been our guiding geniuses. 
whether we look at the first charter of Virginia or the charter of New England or the charter of Massachusetts Bay, the fundamental order of Connecticut, same objective is present. A Christian land governed by Christian principles. Congress has also said, 1852-1853, when a group sought to complete secularization of the public square, House Judiciary Committee had the people during the revolution had a suspicion of any attempt to war against Christianity, that revolution would have been strangled in its cradle. At the time of the adoption of the Constitution and the amendments and the universal sentiment that it was Christianity that should be uh, encouraged, not any one sect or denomination. In this age, there can be no substitute for Christianity. The Judiciary Committee, we are Christians, not because the law demands it, not to gain exclusive benefits or to avoid legal disabilities, but from choice and education. And this in a land is thus universally Christian, which uh, is what to be is what is expected, what is desired and what we shall pay due regard to Christianity. Uh, House of Representatives said the same thing. Now, they immediately on CNN counter with, yeah, (laughs) but you really don't need to go any further. I mean, none of virtually, I'm quoting, virtually none of the founding fathers could be classified as evangelical Christians. Really? John Adams, signer of the Declaration of Independence. The Holy Ghost carries with it the whole Christian system in this earth. Not a baptism, not a marriage, not a sacrament can be administered, but by through the Holy Ghost. And the authority, religious, blah, blah, blah. Samuel Adams, I rely, I rely upon the merits of Jesus Christ for a pardon of all my sins. I conceive I can, we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating the supreme ruler of the world and promoting the speedy bringing up of the holy and happy period when the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ make. Do I need to go on? Joshua Bartlett, signer of the Declaration of Independence. I confess before God our grave transgressions and implore his pardon and forgiveness through the merits and meditation of Jesus Christ. Gunning Bedford, signer of the uh, the Constitution. Uh, to the tribune of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be ascribed all honor and dominion forevermore. Amen. Carl, uh, Charles Carroll, signer of the Declaration. On the mercy of my Redeemer, uh, I rely for salvation uh, and on his merits, not the works I have done. I hope that through and by merit, sufferings, and meditation of my only Savior and Jesus Christ, I may be admitted to the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. How about Alexander Hamilton? If I rap it, maybe you'll hear it. I have a tender reliance on the mercy of the Almighty through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hamilton also recommended the formation of what he titled the Christian Constitutional Society and listed two goals for its foundation. First, the support of the Christian religion, and second, support of the Constitution. John Hancock. Hancock called on the state of Massachusetts to pray that all nations may bow down to the scepter of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John Hart, signer of the Declaration. I give and recommend my soul to the hands of the Almighty God who gave me my body uh, to be here in the earth, to be buried in a decent and Christian-like manner. Patrick Henry, Henry, being a Christian, is a character which I prize far above all this world has or can boast. Samuel Huntington, signer of the Declaration, it becomes a people publicly to supplicate the pardon that we must obtain forgiveness through the merits and meditation of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. James Madison, you know, the guy who wrote the Constitution and the signer of the, uh, of the Constitution, a watchful eye must be kept uh, on ourselves, lest while we are building ideal monuments of renown and bliss here, we might neglect to have our names enrolled in the annals of heaven. 
Robert Payne, signer of the declaration. Do I need to go on? Because I have uh, like 12 more. You know what? Get them in the nine pages of footnotes that you can look up yourself. But the article goes on at CNN. For evidence that the United States was founded as a secular nation, look no further than the 1797 Treaty of Tripoli. As an agreement, the U.S. negotiated with a country in present-day Libya to end the practice of pirates attacking American ships. And it was ratified unanimously by a Senate still half-filled with the signers of the Constitution that declared the government of the United States of America is not, in any sense, founded on a Christian religion. Now, I want you to notice that little gotcha quote. Because it is a little quote. In fact, it has a period where there is no period. Now, is this seriously the only thing CNN has that they can say? Separation of church and state, which is absolutely the opposite of what they say it is. And then this one. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've seen how people talk back those days. The Gettysburg Address was very short compared to how they spoke in George Washington times. They went on and on and on. It's like, okay, I got it. You don't have a television. So what's with the short sentence? Do you think maybe CNN could have pulled this out of context? No. We'll find out next. Our sponsor, this... Half hour, Stu, is Genucel. Yeah, you know, all these uh, old founding fathers, I mean, they're all wrinkly. They're all just decrepit. And maybe people would listen to them if they had smooth, uh, supple skin, like the skin you can get from Genucel. Uh, Samantha from Arcadia, California, who is not a founding father or mother, as far as I know, but she does love Genucel. She says, I love Genucel's plant stem cell therapy. I've used it over my face under my eyes, and it cleared up the dry flakiness and even reduced my forehead lines. Someone even asked if I had surgery or procedures done. Nope, just Genucel by Chamonix. This is the best skincare you can get. Genucel has sold over a million products to women and men across this country, and everyone always falls in love with the results, whether you get fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, even those annoying bags and puffiness can all be gone right before your eyes. And with its immediate effects, you get results guaranteed within as little as 12 hours or your money back. So there's no risk here. Just see the difference for yourself with 65% off their most popular packages at GenuCell.com. 65% off all customer favorites, including the classic under-eye bags and puffiness treatment. Visit GenuCell.com slash Beck. If you enter the code Beck at checkout, you'll get an extra 20% off. Order today and get their summer essential, the Dark Spot Corrector absolutely free they're always loading you up with the goodies at genucell go to genucell.com slash beck genucell.com slash beck the code is beck at checkout it's g-e-n-u-c-e-l.com slash beck the glenn beck program All right. I, uh, I ran out of time to finish that point on uh, the war in Tripoli because it's very, very important. This is a taking apart the ENN article that has been trending all week. You know, that everybody, pretty much anybody who doesn't go to a church that says, yeah, abortion, the more the merrier. Uh, you're part of a white nationalist uh, Christian identity group. 
and uh, this is one of the big uh, selling points that they have now on America uh, to get you away from religion and confuse you even more. Um, I just I just have I think it's like 37 pages, which include uh, nine pages of footnotes, and you will get them tomorrow in our uh, morning newsletter. You can go to glenbeck.com. I've just done about the first mm, just a little bit about half. Uh, next hour, I'm going to finish that part on uh, Thomas Jefferson and uh, and the Christian nation nonsense. But uh, this is what I would call an epic takedown of CNN. But they make it so incredibly easy. I could have done it from memory on Monday, but I wanted to make sure I had everything buttoned up uh, because... Uh, Oh, and by the way, CNN, if you want any copies of these documents, I have all of the documents in the Mercury Museum. So just in case you can't find them, you know, by Googling, I'll uh, go ahead and send those to you if you'd like. Real one quick story here that's uh, kind of along the same nonsense where, you know, the opposite is true. Representative uh, Ayanna Presley says that gun manufacturers are inciting violence against black people while upholding white supremacy. And she played an ad to make her point, and it, in the ad it showed uh, members of Antifa clad in black confronting a group of armed men holding AR-15s, and the ad said, Not today, Antifa. Okay, so she says that's targeting black people. Uh, that'll as long as they have the immunity to sell their weapons of war like this black and brown communities will continue to be targeted it's got to change well yeah it's interesting because there was another time in history where masked people were threatening people and the government took their guns away i wonder who that was let me tell you a little bit about rough greens how's president miles doing i haven't asked you about that for a while Still chugging, He's man. Still he, we went on vacation, and he went to the uh, the doggy daycare and made it through and got lots of attention. He's still chugging, doing well, doing really well. Um, so Uno is also doing really, really well. And uh, I, I credit a lot of his health to Rough Greens. I didn't realize that um, he wasn't really healthy um, I mean, because he was just acting like Uno. When we started feeding him rough greens, I started feeding him because I thought, you know, well, this will get him to actually eat. Well, yes, it did. Uh, it did get him to eat. But then months later, I actually see something else happen to Uno. And that is that he his energy goes through the roof. He starts to be more spry. Uh, and he's an older German shepherd. Uh, try Rough Greens. You can get a free bag, you know, just a trial bag for free, just to make sure your dog likes it. If your dog likes it, feed it. And over the months, you're going to be amazed at the difference in your dog. Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com. Roughgreens.com. Go there now.
What you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, hello, America. We've got a lot to talk about. We are officially, if you believe in the old definition that was fine just a couple of weeks ago, the definition of recession, two quarters in uh, in contraction. Well, if you believed that, we're officially today now in a recession. But the White House says, no, that's the old way of thinking. Oh, you cisgendered people, you're just nutty. We'll tell you about that and so much more in the economy. Also, uh, Ami Horowitz is with us. He has just traveled over to uh, the the Palestinian territories and had a little conversation with some of the Palestinians about uh, LGBTQ. Wow, I can't understand why the Democrats are all for the Palestinians when they feel the way they do about LGBTQI2+. Now, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I think they sound like hypocrites, and maybe some Democrats don't know that. Also, we are going to expose the banks today, naming names, not me, but Riley Moore. He is the West Virginia State Treasurer. He has an exclusive announcement about the new anti-ESG actions in West Virginia, and he's going to be naming names, all on today's program. Stand by, we begin in 60 seconds. But first, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Brian lives in Alabama, and over the past few years, he's been suffering from so much pain so frequently and it's so debilitating that it limited his mobility he was barely able to get around the house let alone you know get in the car and you know live his daily life brian heard me talk about relief factor and decided why not i give it a try what did he have to lose 20 bucks you remember when 20 bucks actually paid for more than a meal at mcdonald's Anyway, uh, turned out that uh, what he had to lose was about 90% of his pain in the first three weeks. Brian says in three weeks, he got his life back. Now, it's not a drug. It was developed by doctors. Try the quick start. Three-week test trial. You try it in three three weeks. If you start to see anything improving, continue to take it. 70% of the people take it and get their life back relieffactor.com relieffactor.com 800 the number four relief all right let me uh continue here i want to finish something up uh for today uh part two is tomorrow in hour number one of the podcast uh, you will hear um a takedown of the cnn story an imposter christianity is threatening american democracy Now, I wanted to do this Monday, but I would have had to do it just kind of off the top of my head. So I asked uh, David Barton, Tim Barton, and the uh, people over at our archives at Mercury One to go through the archives and footnote and document every point of this. So I have nine pages of footnotes because I wanted to make sure that what you knew What the truth was on every point on this lie and dangerous smear tactic from CNN, an imposter Christianity is threatening American democracy. 
And I just wanted to finish one part of it, and that is the uh, part uh, on Tripoli. And I'll explain exactly where we've uh, where we've been uh, on this. But uh, first, I I, I want to start at the very beginning with what CNN originally uh, said. They said from the article, the insurrection of January 6th marked the first time many Americans realized the U.S. is facing a burgeoning white Christian nationalist movement. This movement uses Christian language to cloak sexism and hostility to black people and non-white immigrants in its quest to create a white Christian America. Okay, so this is their attempt to blame anyone in anything and to create another boogeyman. And this boogeyman is Christianity, not the Christianity that they worship. The one that says, the more abortions, the better. So the way they do this is they uh, take your faith and assign a false label to it. White Christian nationalist. Now, you might be thinking that CNN is just talking about, you know, just white Christian nationalist, maybe they have some church someplace and we should know about it, but that's not it. Quoting the article, white Christian nationalist beliefs have been infiltrated, have infiltrated the religious mainstream so thoroughly that virtually any conservative Christian pastor who tries to challenge its ideology risks their career. Uh, These ideas so widespread that any Any individual pastor or Christian leader who tries to turn the tide and say, let's look again at Jesus and scripture is going to be tossed aside. This according to their so-called experts, which I debunked last uh, hour, first hour of the podcast. So let me take you now to the three points, because they say there are three points that are absolute lies that Americans need to know. Um, and they they go in to say the three key beliefs associated with white Christian nationalists are a belief that the United States was founded as a Christian nation. Uh, and the second one is that uh, we uh, our signers also said that uh, we were uh, Christians and people claim that the signers of the Declaration in the Constitution, that they somehow or another didn't have faith. We've already gone through all of those. You can listen back to the podcast. But I want to stop now at the last point they made in this section. And the section was one of the most popular beliefs among white Christian nationalists is that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. Founding fathers were Orthodox evangelical Christians, and God has chosen the U.S. for a special role in history. So they went on to say that this was absolutely not true. And it goes on for evidence that the United States was founded as a secular nation. Look no further than the 1797 Treaty of Tripoli, an agreement the U.S. negotiated with a country in present day Libya to end the practice of pirate pirates attacking American ships. It was ratified unanimously by a Senate still half filled with the signers of the Constitution and declared the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on a Christian religion. Now, this is really important because this will show you where they make the error, where they're going, gotcha. Because while America is not a Christian government, it is a Christian nation. 
the nation was founded on biblical principles. The nation, uh, the government itself, it was important to the founders that the government did not endorse or get involved in any religion. Its job was to protect the rights of every religion. Now, they say, all you have to do is read the 1797 Treaty of Tripoli. Now, they say the United States is not in any sense founded on Christian religion. That's an end quote. Now, it's their thing is one sentence here. One sentence. And there's a period where there's not really a period. But I'll, I'll get into that. It's a gotcha quote. Okay. From 1784 to 1816, let me give you just a little bit of history on this. America was engaged in a war on terror against Muslims. Our first foreign war were terrorists called Muslims. This was a 32-year war, much longer than Second World War or the Second War on Terror, which many underinformed commentators today wrongly claim that the latest war on terror is the longest war in American history. No, it was the first war on terror. The roots of that earlier conflict uh, go back to the end of the American War for Independence, when five Islamic nations, Turkey, Tunis, Morocco, Algiers, and Tripoli, began making indiscriminate attacks against the property and interests of what they claimed to be Christian nations, America, England, France, Spain, Portugal, Denmark, Sweden. Those five uh, attacking nations were called the Barbary States, named for the Berber ethnic people who became Muslims, blah, 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 blah. And they attacked American civilian merchant vessels wherever they found them, seizing the ships and the cargo and making slaves out of the crew. Now, the slaves were both white and black. For American ships at the time, they were highly integrated. The Muslims had already taken 10 to 15 million slaves in America. So, you know, 12 million slaves is the slave trade in America. 12. The Muslims took 10 to 15 million slaves in Africa and many millions more outside of Africa. Okay. In 1784, Congress had sent a, American uh, diplomats, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, overseas to try to negotiate with these Muslim terrorists and, and uh, stop the, the attacks. They couldn't do it. And after two years, Adam and Jefferson asked the ambassador from Tripoli, what is up with these people? What is their motivation against the attacks of America? And he said, quote, it is founded on the laws of their prophet Muhammad that it was written in their Quran that all nations who shall have not acknowledged their authority were sinners. And it was their right and duty to make war upon them wherever they could be found and to make more slaves so they could take them as prisoners and that every Muslim who should be slain in battle was to go to paradise, end quote. So the Muslims, he was saying there, viewed this controversy as one between religions. Well, the Americans said our government is not a religious government. Our people are, but our government is not. And so they tried to convince the Muslims that it wasn't a holy war against their faith. We just wanted to stop the terrorism and the attacks. 
Earlier, 18, or 1786, the treaty negotiated by Jefferson and Adams eventually ended the Moroccan hostilities against the United States. And it had, it had contained three separate clauses making this point. The 1795 treaty with Algiers contained similar acknowledgments, as did su- uh, subsequent treaties with other Muslim nations. So the treaty with Tripoli likewise declared, quote, as the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion, as it has in itself no character uh, of enmity against the laws, religion or tranquility of Muslims. And as the said states of America have never entered in any war or act of hostility against uh, Mohammed nations. It is declared by the parties that no pretext arising from religious opinions shall ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between our two countries. So what does that say? This is acknowledging that America was not the kind of nation that they were used to. Americans were not or America was not like the Christian nations of Europe during the Middle Ages that fall, you know, that fought the Muslims with the Crusades. We were not that kind of country. Founding father John, John James, uh, America's, uh, is described America's form of Christianity as a wise and virtuous religion. John Quincy Adams called it civilized. John Adams termed it rational. Noah Webster uh, further affirmed the ecclesiastical establishments of Europe, which serve to support tyrannical governments, are not the Christian religion, but abuses and corruption of it. So they were saying our government is not corrupted by a religion that is twisting it and using it to conquer people. That's the point they were making. Thomas Jefferson said the comparisons of our government to those of Europe are like the comparisons of heaven and hell. Yet progressives today ignore this part of history and accept and just take and boldly lift that single partial phrase from the treaty to claim that it declares the government of the United States in no sense founded on the Christian religion. Now, these critics, as CNN did, cite only the 15 words of a single sentence that is actually 81 words long, placing a period where there isn't one and ignoring the other 66 words that provide the context. But notwithstanding their convoluted efforts to edit, censor, reverse the self-evident meaning of that clause and to make that sentence say something that it absolutely does not. There is no government document declaring that America is not a Christian nation. To the contrary, there are literally hundreds of official American government documents over the past two centuries stating the opposite. We are a Christian nation. We are just not a Christian government. We are guided by Christian principles. But you do not have to be a principle. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to work in or around the government also the government was established to protect the rights of all religion and the free exercise thereof you'll get the rest of this uh dissertation tomorrow on uh, hour number one of this broadcast and if you sign up for my uh, daily email newsletter which includes all of my raw show prep for this show. Every story that I and my producers think 
should be on the show today. Many of them don't make it. Um, are in that show prep. This is the first time I've ever offered my raw show prep to anybody. Um, and I just think it's important that you educate yourself and see what I'm reading, see what I think is important, so you can make your own decisions and also have more context on why I am saying the things that I am. Uh, and you can get that for free at glenbeck.com. This piece will come out in tomorrow's newsletter in its entirety. Glenbeck.com. Sign up for the free email newsletter. All right. Let me tell you quickly here about our sponsor this half hour, and it's Rough Greens. You've probably spent at least some time thinking about the nutrition that isn't contained in the food you eat, right? The things that you eat, you look at that, and, you know, I, I look at the, oh, it's got that many calories. Wow, but it's so delicious. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever thought about the nutritional value of your dog's food? If you're feeding him or her kibble food, that answer is almost nothing. They sterilize all the stuff uh, that is good for your dog, and it, it's all cooked out of it, and they do it for a long shelf life. Check out Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by uh, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food, and it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, everything. Try it out with your dog, and you'll see. The folks at Rough Green are so confident your dog is going to love it that they have a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash back. They're going to give you a free first trial bag. Free. You just pay for the shipping. Try it out. If your dog likes it, then order a full bag and then watch him over the months. Just change. It's free. Just pay for shipping. Roughgreens.com slash back. Roughgreens.com slash back. Or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash back. 10 seconds. Station ID. Oh, gosh, we have so much. I am just leaving so much on the table uh, that we'll have to get to tomorrow. Um, we have to talk a little bit about what happened today. Um, we have all grown up in a world where two quarters back to back of GDP um, contraction says that we're in a recession. Now, that's not the only factor, but that is the leading indicator. And all 10 of the uh, latest recessions that we have had that goes back a ways all 10 recessions that we've had recently in my lifetime um, have all started with two quarters of contraction now is that the only metric no but joe biden is now saying no but we have so many good things that we could talk about so many great things well yeah um i don't know what those are um, the jobs that you're creating, people are taking second jobs because the first job sucks and the second job sucks, but they have to have two jobs now because of inflation. The other thing that we should talk about today is the inflation reduction bill that now Joe Manchin has given America. I think one of my favorite parts about all of this is the John Harwood, the CNN reporter, who has been retweeting every justification possible out of the White House. Ah, just because it's too, 
two uh, re- negative quarters, quarters does not mean it's a recession and all the job growth and all the spin you've been hearing from the White House has also been filtering through John Harwood as a CNN reporter. Of course, in 2019, he tweeted, by the way, it's not possible for a recession to last only two months. A recession equals economy shrinks for two quarters. His, his own I definition. Mean, it's so dishonest. Uh, so bad. It's so dishonest. Um, by the way, if we didn't have these two quarters, I wouldn't be saying that we are in a recession. I'd be saying we're in economic trouble, but I wouldn't be saying that we're in a recession. A recession is, well, anyway, I don't want to get into it. But Joe Manchin compromised the Build Back Better bill. The name has been taken off and replaced with, you ready? The Inflation Reduction Bill. And uh, we're going to have to spend some time telling you exactly uh, how it's going to reduce inflation. Because it will through taxes. But that's kind of a sticky issue with progressives because they think taxes help grow the economy. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you're looking to find ways to adjust your spending, if you want to adopt new saving strategies that can help put you and your family on track financially, please give American Financing a call today. I've been talking about them for years, and I think they're really the best of the best. Unlike a lot of lending companies out there, they work for you and not the bank. They are salary-based mortgage consultants. They'll perform a free mortgage review, then suggest what sort of options could save you hundreds of dollars a month, as much as $1,000 a month. There is no pressure, no obligation. So please, if you have high-interest credit cards, the interest rate is going up. Please call them now. Save as much money as you can. Just take one no-obligation, no-hassle phone call and see if they can help you out. American Financing, 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. Call them now and save money. Fight inflation. Save 20 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is unsafe. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I want to switch topics here and I, I want to give the uh, give some time to Ami Horowitz, who is a good friend of ours. He is a filmmaker and uh, a documentarian. Um, I think he started with The Blaze years ago. Um, and I, I don't know, whoever was running The Blaze at the time was an idiot. Me. Uh, and, uh, and allowed him to get away from us. Now he's over at Prager University. And I am so, I'm a big fan of Dennis Prager. One of the best men uh, alive today, and what he's done at Prager University is fantastic. And this particular film that uh, Ami has made is so important, and it starts on the streets of New York. And he's talking to progressives who are going to a Palestinian fundraiser, at least I, I think that's what it was. I'll get it from Ami. Hello, Ami. How are you? I'm doing very well, Glenn. Such a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. This is, by the way, great film. Great film. Watched Thank it you. this morning. Um, so the 
um, it starts out with the uh, talking to liberals and progressives in New York City that are also gay, correct? Yeah, actually, it's it's San Francisco. Um, oh, San Francisco. And they are they are. We specifically stopped gay people because and the, and the reason and we did it because there is a this bizarre alliance between the gay community and the Palestinians, which on the surface makes no sense, right? Because they hold nothing in common value-wise. And so we asked mm-hmm. them, we started by asking them, hey, who do you support in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? And every single person, to a man, said vocally, vehemently, we support the Palestinians, we hate Israel. That's how it begins. It was quite amazing to see how strong they were uh, on that. Then you go over to, to Palestinian territory and you start talking to the Palestinians. And the first thing you first person you talk to is an imam. Tell me about that. Yeah, this is a, a, a very popular imam in Ramallah a very influential imam in Ramallah. And, you know, I asked him a variety of questions about gay people, as you can imagine most of the answers, but the most shocking answer, even for me, as you can imagine, I I, I don't get shocked that often when I do these things. I've done them for a long time. And I I asked this one imam, I go, look, have you ever had a parishioner or somebody who, who, who prays in your mosque come up to you quietly on the DL and say, look, you know, I've got a gay son, gay daughter. What should I do? He looks at me and goes, yes. I go, what did you do? They should be killed. Just, just like that. That gives you a sense of the positions of, of the Palestinians uh, and, uh, vis-a-vis gay people. And you can, you can agree, disagree with, in, in, in the U.S. with gay marriage. It doesn't matter. We're talking about a different level of, of hatred, yes. true hatred of the gay community to the point where rape, murder, beatings are commonplace. They jail them. They rape them. It's commonplace in the Palestinian territories. It's a whole different level of evil that we're dealing with. So, you know, because I I was so glad to see that you didn't listen to the producer's advice um, because you finish this interview and then you go out to do man on the street and you've done man on the street everywhere uh, all over the world. And you come back with what people really are saying on the street and tell me what the producer said to you. So, and this is like, this is shocking for me because as, 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 as I'm sure some of your listeners have seen my videos, I've gone to crazy places. I've interviewed crazy people, then crazy man in the streets. It's the first time a producer goes, look, this issue is a very volatile issue, volatile than even issues you normally cover with. And, and it could degrade into violence if they understand what you're trying to do here. And uh, it was already at the time kind of a dice situation between Israel and the Palestinians. It was in general not a great time, but in this particular issue, he really said, listen, you shouldn't, you sh- we shouldn't do this. But of course, I did it anyways. And again, it was like, it's a, what I like about Man in the Street is it does give you a taste, uh, especially if you do a wide enough sample size of how people feel on a particular topic, whatever that particular group of people you're interviewing could be university students. It could be leftists, um, could be gay people. In this case, uh, it was regular Palestinians on the street. And, and, and again, the, I want to make sure that I, that I clarify here. You didn't cherry pick. You just did random people and you didn't leave people on the editing floor just to make it look different 
No, I, I, I never, ever, ever do that. If, if, if it's not, no, be, absolutely not. And this is, and this certainly was not the case. Okay. The only time somebody ends up on the editing floor, if there's a problem, the sound, they weren't clear, they weren't particularly interesting. But when you see any video of mine, particularly this one, you know that this really Both. is the pulse of that community that I'm talking to, the pulse, the feelings of the people that we're talking to. And, and now the, I, I want to play, I want to play a little bit of this video, but it is in Arabic. So I'm just going to read the uh, the subtitles here. I'll tell you what they're saying. Go ahead and roll the uh, video if we have it. One of the great human rights paradoxes is the LGBTQ support for Palestinians in the conflict with Israel. I went to the Castro district in San Francisco to ask gay men and women about their views on the conflict. Do you tend to side more of one side versus the other? Palestine. We are here to support Palestinians and give them the right to freedom and the right to self-sovereignty. You know, my ex-wife and I talked about it a lot, and that's quite frankly how I learned more about it, but it was really about, like, Israel for being such bullies. I feel uncomfortable being a gay person in Israel. Just when I was visiting, I was, I was worried. <laughs> like About what? Being attacked or something. Do you think most people, most gay people, tend to side more, especially younger people, tend to side more with the Palestinians versus the Israelis in general on the conflict? Um, I would say yes, 100%. I'm Ami Horowitz. In the Palestinian territories, there's not much of a debate on gay marriage. Here the discussion is more about the killing and the torturing of members of the LGBT community. Of the comments you are about to hear are representative of the feelings of the vast majority of people that we came across that day. Now, they're saying gays are the source of the problem for the entire world. They're causing a lot of problems. They're destroying our society. Yeah, they cause problems. It's unacceptable, morally and societally. They are a disease. Anywhere they're found, there is a weakness. They are weakness for the entire world. Stop. It is, these people you can tell, Ami, are not saying this to be outrageous. They're not engaging in hyperbole. This is a very calm, cool, and collected belief. Yeah, they're a disease. I mean, the, the, do I, I, look, you're a, you're a historian, you're a historian, you're a history scholar, certainly a scholar of the rise of fascism and the rise of Hitler. These echoes the same language that Hitler and the Nazis used when it came to the Jews. Yes. Very, yes. very, very strikingly similar so, language and words. So you, you have shown this to people now, uh, back here in America, gay progressives. And what do they say? So it's very interesting. So the question becomes why, right? Why do the, why do the gay, why progressives in general, but the gay community in particular tend to side with the Palestinians when they have nothing value-wise in common? But there is actually one value they do hold in common, and this is the problem not just with the gay community, but frankly I would argue with a lot of minority communities around the world, is that they share, look, they share victimhood. They both feel like victims. And it shows you the power of that emotion, which I think victimhood to me is one of the most powerful and corrosive human emotions that exist. Because now you're able to say, all of my problems aren't my problems. They're your problems. You're, you're, my failure, my issues are because of you, not because of me. They share that sense of victimhood. And oddly enough, bizarrely enough, that bond is stronger than what their core values of human Correct. rights, gay rights, women's rights. It's so bizarre. 
And, and Israel has taken the wrong approach and how to, because Israel has been vexed by this problem for years. Why could it, how could it be that the gay community doesn't support us in whole? And they always gone positive and say, look how good we are to the gay community. And the gays, the, they've actually, they turned that argument against Israel and they've weaponized it against Israel. They create this, this insidiously powerful term called pinkwashing, where they're saying you're washing your mm-hmm. sins of the Palestinians with our gayness. It's incredible how this thing is metastasized. So the, the approach I took was the, to go negative, to say, look, the people you're supporting, this is what they think about you. This is what they're doing to you. And, and what was incredible was in this video at the end, we did something we normally don't do. The, the people we interviewed at the beginning, we brought them back at the end. And we said, hey, what, it, the, the video becomes a reaction video. And they're watching the video in real time and we're filming it. And their reactions are visceral. They can't believe what they're watching, how these people are speaking about them. And at the end, I said, how do you feel now about the conflict? They said, we've changed our mind. We have totally changed our mind. And frankly, this has been getting, look, we're, we're at, we're, 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 this, this video is getting um, traction in the gay community. Uh, we've got a big piece that's going to be coming out uh, uh, soon in, in one of the largest gay publications in the country. And, and this, we did an hour and a half interview with, with this guy, mm. Progressive, and he said, I, I, it blew me away. I couldn't believe what I was watching. So, and, and this is the good news. I, the good news is, Glenn, we can win all of these arguments if we're just able to get our viewpoints across to them. That's why they're trying to shut all of us up. Because once we, it's, it's like I did today on religion and the true history of America and the, against the CNN article. Um, you know, I, I document exactly the opposite of what the, they are claiming and once you have the facts, once you really know and you can verify things and you see firsthand, it changes. Uh, and I, I contend, just like CNN, you're watching CNN. You have no idea about what's really going on with Hunter Biden. But if they allowed that to be seen, people will change on the Hunter Biden thing. Same thing with you. That's why they work so hard to shut us down. It's not that we're extremist. It's that we're effective because the truth shall set you free. And that's the beauty of where we are technologically now, that we're not beholden to the networks or even cable anymore. Now we have the blaze creating an independent organization that could be accessed by anyone anywhere, Prager U or, 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 or Daily Wire or all these individuals who are out there doing their thing. It's democratized the media in a large way. And yep. that's really what I think is going to save yep. us is, ind- is, is, is the independence of our thought now being unleashed from, uh, from linear television and from the newspapers. Yep. Ami Horowitz, great Great job on this. Um, you can find the entire thing on uh, PragerU.com, PragerU.com. It is well worth your time. I, I watched it at twice the speed. Uh, you should probably spend a little more time with it. Um, but it is very effective and not shocking to you, but I promise you will be shocking to any liberal uh, any progressive, and especially the progressive uh, homosexual, they have absolutely no idea what what the Palestinians actually think of them. You can find it now at PragerU.com. Thanks, Ami. Talk again. Thank you, Glenn. 
Sponsor this half hour is Preborn. We've gotten over our first hurdle, Roe versus Wade. Unfortunately, it took us 63 million lives to get there. But the fight continues. And this one perhaps is going to be the hardest battle yet because it is the battle for the hearts and minds of our fellow Americans. We don't believe in going to war over this. We believe in our principles. And many have fought very hard for a long time with the truth. And what preborn does is they go in and they have positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Now, what they do is when somebody comes in, they say, let's give you an exam. Let's counsel you. Let's look at your baby. They actually use the word baby, not fetus. And that's why they're in trouble. And then they go the step further and they provide an ultrasound. Ultrasound changes the game. Again, it's just like Ami was saying, when you're confronted with the facts and you actually see for yourself, the game changes. That's why these states, that's why Planned Parenthood are trying and they are coming right after preborn. And they're trying to stop them from calling the baby a baby instead of a fetus. And they're trying to stop them from giving uh, ultrasounds. They want to kill the babies. It's crazy. If you're in this fight... I don't think there is anything that will bring more favor upon our country than fighting reasonably, rationally, and the way Christ would fight it um, and save his children. We're all his children. I don't care what color or what you believe. We're all his children. And he wants to save all of us. Would you donate $10, $50, $100, $1,000? All of the tax, uh, all the gifts are tax deductible. They're going to go toward saving babies' lives. They're going to go and buy more ultrasounds, or more ultrasound machines, etc., etc. And also, now, unfortunately, they have to spend money to keep the preborn centers safe, to keep their um, their clients and also their doctors safe. Hit pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby pound two fifty. Preborn dot com slash Beck. That's preborn dot com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation, 888-727-BECK. Very excited. Next hour, we award our merit badge again this week, just to an average citizen who just does good things because... They're people of merit. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Also, uh, we have Riley Moore. Riley is the West Virginia State Treasurer. He has an exclusive announcement to make on this program about new anti-ESG actions in West Virginia. This guy is really leading the nation on it. And we're so thrilled that he would announce this on our program. He is also uh, going to name names. The banks had time to reply to stop destroying energy or we're going to have to pull our funds. Uh, He's going to tell us uh, how the banks reacted. Uh, That's all coming up next hour. Stand by. 
All right, let me tell you about the Blaze socks that uh, we've just come out. The Let's, Let's Go Brandon socks. They were comfortable. They were stylish. And most importantly, they were hilarious. You spoke. We listened. You said, we want more socks. And so I said, who doesn't want a pair of socks with me as a cartoon figure on a you know, on a, I think it's an Indian or a Harley, something cool, something manly, like I only I would drive. Um, uh, telling uh, Joe Biden, you know, and he's yapping about the Second Amendment, put a sock in it. Um, who doesn't want a pair of socks with Klaus Schwab's face on it, where he says, you will eat bugs, right? I mean, these are, you asked for it. So right now. Right now, use the promo code uh, Blaze uh, or go to BlazeSocks.com and use the promo code BlazeSub and you get 20% off your purchase. Code only available to subscribers. So if you're not one, subscribe to Blaze TV now and use the promo code, code Glenn Socks. Again, BlazeSocks.com. America and welcome to the program if you missed a minute of today's program you've already missed a lot um, you can go back and grab the podcast whenever and whenever you have time it's an important show to listen to uh, kind of an epic takedown of uh, CNN I'm just saying kind of an epic takedown you, you really want to hear that uh, coming up this hour we have Riley Moore he is the West Virginia State Treasurer we've had him on several times talking about ESG He's really led the way as a uh, treasurer uh, of our state, one of our states, to take on ESG. And there's a law passed, uh, and now is today is the day where the rubber beats the road. He's already put banks on notice. We're going to pull our funds today. I can't tell you what he's going to say because in our business it's called embargoed. Uh, and it is, and I'm not allowed to mention it until he makes the announcement in about a half an hour. You don't want to miss it. That and more. We begin in 60 seconds. But our sponsor is Real Estate Agents I Trust. I'm a small business owner. One of the things I love best about owning a business is when it can actually do something that helps people. I believe that um, uh, capitalism is actually the best form of charity there is um and it's not free but a really good charity or a really good capitalist uh company will look at the needs uh and they'll say what is it how is it i can improve someone's life how is it i can make things easier for them and when you do that and you offer it at a good price you're actually doing really good work we try to do that with real estate agents i trust um this is a business of mine I didn't know how to interview real estate. I didn't know how to find the right one. What are the metrics involved? What do I look for? 
Well, I started doing some research. Uh, I was working with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. And uh, they taught me. They taught me a lot. And there is a system and a method to the madness. And it's very easy, once you know all the metrics, to find that person. So we decided we'd start realestateagentsitrust.com. You can go there. It's a free service to you. We've already pre-interviewed. We know the metrics. And uh, we know their history. We'll recommend the right real estate agent for you in your area, and then you can interview them yourself. But we're trying to make your life just a little easier. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. Um, I was just I was just reading something uh, on the internet here in the last break, and uh, I just I just Google searched the badge of merit. And what came up was the badge of military merit. Um, And it's known today as the Purple Heart. It was originally created by George Washington during the Revolutionary War. And it was to foster and encourage every species of military merit. It's America's oldest military honor. We know it now today as the Purple Heart. But that's really not what the badge of merit was for. He was not looking for military merit, as in, you know, meritorious service on the battlefield. He was looking for something that would bring honor and uh, praise to us in the eyes of God. So it was do the right thing, especially when nobody's looking and do the right thing, because that will bring honor to us. And we need to be on God's side. And we need as many blessings as we could get. So he knew to win this battle, he had to make sure the hearts and minds of the soldiers and the American people were in line with that of God. Well, there were only two or uh, sorry, three of these badges known to have been awarded during the revolution. Uh, And they're little purple hearts. They're little hearts. Um, they were found, one of them was found, I think, in Ohio. Um, and FDR took it and he made it for service where you were wounded in action. But I think the first meaning has more meaning to it. Um, the Book of Honor, where all of the names of the badges that he did hand out um, were kept. That's been lost to history, too. Well, we're making our own book. And this is for civilians, anything anybody is doing where you say, man, that is, they are just amazing, just truly amazing. Um, And so we ask you every week to nominate somebody that you know. Three this week were nominated, and one was Steve Kemper. He is a guy who wrote in. Uh, to nominate somebody that he thought was truly remarkable. He's a paraplegic combat veteran, retired now from the military, and I want to bring him on. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, Glenn. Uh, good morning. Uh, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, your your letter has touched so many people, um, uh, and you you talk about, I mean, honestly, you are more active than I am, and you're a paraplegic. Um, you say you try to stay active and you have a small farm in the mountains of West Virginia and it gets you into all kinds of trouble. Um, 
your your wheelchair you say will get stuck outside your your lawn tractor will get stuck i mean i i have such admiration for you for actually just not you know just not giving up and just getting back to work and putting things back to normal as much as you can you, yeah, s- I'm, I'm, you say farm, go ahead i've got a small farm and, and I, you know i can either sit and do nothing or i can you know and complain about what i don't have or i can get busy and use what i do have and, and enjoy life as best i can and So you have somebody who you nominated that is just this really great guy. I don't think they build them this way anymore. Um, A really great guy who's a neighbor who says you get in trouble if you don't call him for help. You want to tell me a little bit about him? Uh, Yeah, my neighbor, Bill. Uh, Bill's in his late 70s. He's almost 80. And uh, wow. He, he comes over and checks on me all the time. Uh, usually you're checking on older folks, but um, he'll go every morning, get my mail, bring it to the house. I have an old older dog that needs to be walked, and he'll take him for a walk every day. But he'll bring you back, and he'll come and check on me. He'll come and check on me when he gets the dog. He'll come and check on me again when he brings him back. And it doesn't matter where I'm at on the property. He'll come find me, see if I'm okay, see if I need anything. Mm. I'm kind of thinking me like a toddler i'm always getting into something if i'm around <laughs> things are getting broken and if it's too quiet you probably ought to come and check because something's up um and so he'll call me if he hears me out like said mowing my pastures and stuff uh, 15 minutes later you turn around and there's bill and his mower right behind me helping out uh, right now i'm 125 miles away working on a, a uh, our family homestead and uh, I can be here alone, leave my wife alone, and don't have to worry about her because I know Bill will be checking on her the whole time I'm gone. Hmm. You know, I, and I'm, and Bill is Bill has a um, um, is is he a veteran as well? Uh, yes, he is. Do you know? Yeah, he yes, is. He is. Um, and he has a, a wife and a I believe it's his sister. That has special needs that he takes care of as well. So it's That's not like correct. he's a uh, not a busy man. Um, no. Well, I wanted because because he's a military guy and you're a military guy. I wanted you to present the uh, the badge of merit. We have him on the phone. Could you do that for me, Steve? Sure. You'll present it to to Bill. Bill, your uh, yeah. Well, let's patch him in here. Um, he doesn't know anything about this. Bill, are you there? Bill? Yeah. Uh, hi, you're on the air on a national radio program. My name is uh, Glenn Beck, and uh, I have your neighbor Steve on the other line, and he has something to talk to you about. Okay. Morning, Bill. Morning, pal. How you doing? I'm good. Um, hey, uh, the, there is no veterinarian coming this morning. Uh, that was a ruse. And uh, I'll just oh. say, when I, when I called Bill or messaged Bill yesterday and told him that uh, 
I had a veterinarian coming to check out my cows and I wasn't there. I said, hey, can you take care of it? And he's sure, whatever you need. And that's that's Bill. That's just how he is, Bill. And, and Bill, I, I so appreciate you. Uh, you're, just, you're always there for me when I need it, brother. And uh, I love you for it. And uh, Glenn has been presenting the badge of merit um, to people who are um, just go above and beyond, who are, are good people who uh, care about others. And, brother, that's you. And uh, I'm just happy this morning that I can be part of uh, Impact's program and presenting this this award uh, to you. <laughs> well, thanks, pal. I don't really deserve it. No, you, you it do, sounds brother. to me... You it sounds to me like you do. Um, Bill, this is uh, we'll be sending it to you framed. It's a it's a badge of merit, which the Purple Heart was based on. Uh, but the badge of merit, as it was originally called, was started by George Washington. And it was uh, presented to those soldiers that would do something um, that they didn't have to do. And they would bring merit uh, to us, they would uh, bring honor and uh, and worthiness in the eyes of God to our cause, and uh, I, I I I know that God sees people like you, but I think other people need to see people like you as well. So thank you for everything you do. I have a, I have a Purple Heart for my dad was killed in World War Two. Wow, the Normandy invasion and. Uh, yeah, I have that. Uh, he was honored for wow. his bravery. The Normandy he invasion. 15, he made it 15 miles inland, and a sniper killed Jeez. him. Wow. Wow. Well, now you have uh, um, uh, a Purple Heart of your own as as well. Yes, you do, sir. So uh, we'll be sending it to you. Bill, thank you so much. Steve, thank you for the nomination and sharing your neighbor with the nation. We appreciate it, and God bless. All right. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Bye-bye. You know, um, history is so important. It shows us the way out. I learned about the merit badge. I don't know if you've ever heard it or seen it. And in fact, if you go to, I think, Wikipedia now and you look up Badge of Merit, you will see uh, the Badge of Merit, except it's not the real one. It's the one that we made years ago um, that is kind of a replica of it, a purple heart that says Merit. And it was hand-stitched. And it's the one that Bill will be receiving here. Um, But it changed my understanding of the purple heart. It It changed my understanding of um, the Revolutionary War and George Washington and and who we had to be to be able to beat this army. History is so important. And Ronald Reagan said, if we don't start teaching it ourselves at the dinner table, it will be lost in this next generation. And he's right. It's gone. It is gone. I I just did a a pop-up museum here in Idaho, and I can't tell you the questions that I asked were, in my view, simple questions that should be able to be answered by everyone. And I am surprised now if one person in a crowd can tell me the actual answer, because history's just not been taught. 
And when you learn this history, it changes everything. Our country's on the knife edge right now. And I want to turn you on to a book that is out on history. It's uh, called America's History, 1215 to 1776. It's the first in a series that will be coming out. Um, but this one takes you all the way through the Revolutionary War. It takes you and tells you about Jamestown, the good and the bad. It tells you about the pilgrims, the good and the bad. It describes why, how, and the ideas that created America. And it doesn't focus on the, the dates and the, you know, memorize this name and make sure what did that war happen. Instead, it was, why was this war fought? Why was this person critical? What idea did they bring to the table? What idea were we fighting against? It's the Tuttle Twins, and you can get it at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. It's America's history. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go there now, and you can see everything that they're offering, uh, you know, along with the book for free, including the audiobook version, so your kids can listen to it when you're not around reading it to them. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Ten seconds, station ID. This is the uh, Glenn Beck program. I'm sorry, Stu, can you stall for a second? I'm getting a uh, an important note that has just been sent to me. Let me read it. Well, you just talk about something. Talk. And now you can see why Glenn Beck has been entered into the Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, when, of course, you have a moment to delay in a broadcast, what you do is describe that, yes, I'm just not going to pay attention to this national radio show and instead read an email and I'll just say it blatantly on the air i won't pretend I, as if there's I something important I just, they sent it to me they said it was the producer they said you have to know this information uh and uh so i'm reading it and i'm sorry i'm talking for half an hour and i can't literally uh read something else while i'm talking about something else. well so, there you go Glenn, uh, and this is of course why and there you have it another example of why glenn beck is in the radio hall of fame that's right. That's right. It's, uh, along with the greats, Bob Hope, Orson Welles, Don Imus, mm-hmm. and Soup. Oh, no, you're not in no. the Hall of Time. <laughs> I am definitely Gosh, you're right. darn it. Not even nominated, Glenn. Gosh, not darn even it. nominated. No, not even, no. not even nominated. Wow, that kind of sucks for you. Mm-hmm. But, well, it's nothing that we don't expect. So, um, uh, coming up in uh, a minute, we're going to talk to uh, Riley Moore. Uh, he has uh, just uh, announced something, uh, and uh, I'm going to let him talk about it. Uh, it is he has put the banks on notice. Uh, he did that a couple of weeks ago. He was on the on the show with us, I think, 30 or 60 days ago, and he had sent a letter to all the banks and saying, "We will not uh, invest through you in you. You won't get any contracts." from our state if you refuse to uh, invest in energy. And if you're using ESG scores, the state will have nothing to do with you on investment. And uh, he said that 30 or 60 days ago. Well, the, the votes are in. He sent it to six banks. 
Uh, one bank responded one way. The other banks all responded another way. And I'll let him fill you in on the details and, and name names here in, in just a second. By the way, Glenn, there's a story from Politico today. Um, why expensive gasoline is here to stay? And for the long and short of the story, basically what you need to know is there's an E in ESG, and that E is going to make your gasoline prices stay high forever. Uh, unless someone no, that's steps a conspiracy. Up and stops it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a conspiracy. I don't know why they would say things like that. Um, actually, I read that article, and they talk about the problem is is nobody is investing in refineries. So you can pump all the oil you want, but unless we can refine it and turn it into gasoline, uh, you you can't do anything with the oil. And we're not building any new refineries. We're, we're barely repairing our refineries, and they are old. And there's fewer um, of them. I mean, what, what are you down, 40, 40 or 50 percent from just 20 years ago? We're losing refineries yeah. all the time. They, they don't because open new they ones, wouldn't and they keep let closing you, them. Correct. They won't let you build a new one. Now the investment is drying up. So as these things fall apart, they're not going to be able to refine the gas. That's what that story is all about, is the E in ESG is the banks are saying, oh, that's a that's an economic risk to us. So I don't think we can do that because the world's not going towards uh, fossil fuels and uh, we just can't afford that risk. Yeah, it seems like really the only the only solution to this that the left is going to allow unless we get enough power to overwhelm them with this. But is what they're doing is they're just going to refineries overseas and they're trying to get the the gasoline produced in other places which of course does absolutely nothing for the climate we're still using all the fossil fuels in the same way which i would advocate we should but still it's not helping even their ridiculous claims they're just pushing it off into other countries so that they can deal with it and it goes on their ledger instead of ours it's just a cover-up it's 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 and it's so ridiculous. It doesn't matter where it's being produced. If it's being produced in China, if it's been if it's being produced in Timbuktu or New York, it doesn't matter. It all goes into the same air that we're all breathing. If we're all not doing it, it doesn't work. And what a surprise, Russia and China just are not going to go along with that. Isn't that weird? Neither is India. Huh? Wow, good thing they don't have huge populations. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, that interview with Riley Morris coming up live next. Uh, First, how important is your identity to you? It is not only the doorway to everything you have financially, but also to your credibility. You've spent your entire life building that up. So whether you're aware of it or not, in a heartbeat, a cyber criminal can come in, steal what you have, and ruin that credibility, that hard-earned responsibility, and all of the money that you've had. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft can really affect your life and turn it upside down. Every day we put our information at risk on the Internet, 
And that's why LifeLock is there. They can't catch everything. Nobody can. But A, they monitor things better than you can. And more importantly, if you do become a victim, their restoration specialists can work with you to help fix the problem quickly. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. So use the promo code back 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% off now. LifeLock.com. And go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is unsafe to save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program to Riley Moore. He is West Virginia's 25th state treasurer, was elected in 2020. uh, And um, he's one of the first guys to really buckle down and find a way to try to stop ESG. And I got a very excited note uh, from uh, one of his uh, compadres that said, he really wants to come on and make a uh, uh, and make an announcement on the show about the banking institutions that the state of West Virginia are no longer going to be doing uh, business with. And uh, so here he is, and we are thrilled to have him. How are you, sir? Glenn, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back. So you have been working, and I know other AGs around the country are working with you on their own states, but you're the first to now start to make a list of people you're not doing business with. And last time you were on the show, maybe a month or so ago, you said that you were uh, making a list and you were writing all of the banks that were involved in ESG and putting them on notice and giving them time to respond. So who responded and what happened? So what we did was take kind of a scope down approach to this for our first take on this. And this was we wanted to deal with what is our existential threats, our near term threats that we're dealing with to our tax dollars. And so we sent letters out to financial institutions that I'm either authorized to do business with or I'm currently doing business with. We sent letters to J.P. Morgan Chase. Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, BlackRock, Morgan Stanley, and U.S. Bank. And they all answered. Uh, they all answered back. Now, the great news here that I really want to highlight is we put, of those six, five on the list because U.S. Bank changed their policy to no longer boycott lending to the fossil fuel industry, which is a huge deal. Fantastic. They they were doing ESG. And so they've are they dropping all of the S and the G or are they just dropping the E? Do you know? For right now, what I know is that they're dropping the E. And as a great president once said, we are going to trust, but we're going to verify the actions that they're taking moving forward. Now, to be clear, U.S. Bank uh, has a very large contract with the state of West Virginia, which I think helped pressurize mm. that situation uh, where they have an ACH contract with us uh, that's about $20 billion in transactions a year. So we are certainly going to keep a close eye on it. But the rest of those folks, BlackRock, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, 
they are all on the list, and the list is what we call the restricted financial institution list. They are barred from bidding on all contracts in the state of West Virginia, wow. from universities to the Department of Health and Human Resources, all of it. No contracts with state government, period, unless they change. How much money are you talking about that they could lose? Well, What's I'll that pool example. like? Yeah, just with J.P. Morgan Chase, they're currently at about $42.6 million in business with us, but they're losing an opportunity because we contract out everything, $18 billion worth of business every year, which they can compete on since all the services are contracted out. They're going to lose the ability to contract on any of those dollars now. Wow. Um, and now you haven't, have you, or have you not started to look at the, the actual funds, your, um, your retirement funds, et cetera, et cetera, the investments? Yeah. Oh yes. That is the next step in this process for us. We had to do something as it related to our tax dollars being weaponized against us because we were handing money over to financial institutions where the tax dollars generated from the fossil fuel industry are being turned around trying to destroy our industry. So the next yes. step in this process is looking at the pension funds. We want to do proxy voting. We want to certainly look to where we can get into other asset managers. This is just, this is battle one in a long war. So tell the listener why proxy voting is so important. You have all of this investment and it goes out and you're now saying we keep the proxy votes. Why is that important? Oh, it, it gives us back our voice in our vote. You got to understand uh, for your audience is that when we contract, uh, for instance, with say like a BlackRock or whoever it is for your pension fund, in the contract, it's written in that they get the proxy votes and they control those proxy votes. We don't want that anymore. They're voting against our interests with our own money. And states across America are looking at trying to reclaim their voice and vote and push back against this nonsense that's been going on here in this country. I, I have heard, because um, I, I know a lot of people that are currently talking to some of these industry leaders, and they say, yeah, privately, we're pretty much being held hostage. You know, companies, and not necessarily Exxon, but companies like Exxon, which is the best example of those proxy votes being held by BlackRock, they have enough um, uh, weight to them now because they have so many pension funds that they went in to Exxon and said, you're replacing your two uh, board members with two of our board members and their greenies. And they went from uh, a plan of, I think, 20 percent expansion on oil to a reduction of 20 percent just because of that proxy vote. Uh, and I, I, I think, uh, go ahead. Uh, exactly. And what people need to remember right now, the situation that we're in as it relates to energy prices, food prices, they have created this in part due to this coercive 
capitalism that is going on where they're moving money away from oil exploration, from gas exploration, from coal mining. That's why energy is costs are up 14%, which is really driving that CPI number of 9.1% inflation. That is the main driver in all this. They have created this crisis, and we're all paying for it. Hmm. So let me ask you just a couple more things. I'm sure they're not happy about this. Is anybody threatening litigation? Is Are you expecting anybody, any blowback to your state? Um, certainly there could be litigation, and we're going to see what happens there. But you know what? What I say is if that's what they want to do, bring it on. Uh, we'll go through the process. I know I'm right, and we'll settle this thing out. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like if you had to get into some uh, discovery and figure out how they're coming up with their processes. I have to tell you, I wish you were the uh, I wish you were the treasurer in um, in Pennsylvania and in Texas. They have a lot to lose in their gas and oil industry. Uh, and you are really leading the way. So good for you. Thank you for that. One, one other uh, question. Do you, you have any comments about your senator's deal to reduce inflation at all that you'd care to share? Well, I did see that he's agreed to this uh, Democrat spending bill. And then I saw here recently inside that bill is a tax on coal. I, I got to tell you that that's disappointing. And all I need to know is when you have Al Gore come out and support it, I'm against it. Um, that guy is <laughs> environmental fraud who's been running around now selling these lies for years in Lear jets flying around the globe. So, it, yeah, it, true. I, it, it, it is disappointing. It's very disappointing. Um, and I just I hate the trick that they always do, you know. The Patriot Bill, before it was called the Patriot Act, uh, was called something else, and it didn't pass, and it didn't pass before 9-11. Then they changed the name, and they wait for the uh, they wait for the crisis. This one was the Build Back Better Bill, and they've changed it to the uh, Inflation Reduction Bill. D- do you have any idea, um, uh, Riley, how spending $700 billion would re- reduce inflammation uh, would reduce uh, inflation well it's the same way glenn is that how are we going to boycott fossil fuel industries and reduce inflation this all adds to inflation spending that money raising taxes this all contributes to inflation because a democrat has never seen a dollar that they don't want to spend this isn't going to end up reducing the deficit or something like that this is all going to programs, and a lot of it is green energy programs, which people need to remember, 3% of the world's power comes from wind and solar. So why is it 97% of the conversation? What, like, why do we talk about this so much? It's just not real. Uh, Riley, thank you so much. Always good to talk to you. That's Riley Moore. He is the uh, treasurer of the great state of West Virginia. And uh, to all the other uh, uh, treasurers and um, other uh, attorney generals that are working hand in hand now to try to stop ESG, thank you. And we have you in our prayers. Stand up! 
Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Goldline. You know, we're talking about inflation um, and higher taxes. There is a tax that is is coming, and it's coming to all. I think it's billion-dollar corporations is what they say, but it, it will trickle down, trust me. Um, there's a 15% tax. How is that going to in, in affect inflation? Well, in the way that the the liberals always say it doesn't affect you won't have the money to spend more money. And so you won't spend it because you won't have it. Uh, But the government has it and they will spend it. And that will just offset what they've just done with the taxes. But it's important to take the money out of your hands, put it in their hands so they can direct uh, the economy. That's central planning. Your dollar is being uh, destroyed. Not so slowly. But it is being destroyed. The way that you can hedge your bet against inflation and a destroyed dollar is by buying an asset that is real, that is tangible, has everlasting value, and is real. That's gold or silver, and it always happens. The world always comes back to gold or silver because eventually the gods of the copybook headings return. Um, now, Goldline is doing an unthinkable special, I think, <clears throat> with every box of 500 of their new silver one-ounce Benjamin Franklin rounds, which are great. They are really kind of modeled after, you know, some of our first coins. But I put Benjamin Franklin on the front. These were printed, I think, or minted by the Canadian Mint. Uh, and on the back is the Benjamin Franklin seal that he wanted for America, which is the destruction of the Pharaoh uh, by the Hebrews or by God on the uh, side of the uh, Red Sea. Uh, you can have this this coin or this silver round is what I think you legally have to call it. Um, and you can get it 500 of these and you're going to receive the quarter ounce gold version of the same round the same coin there's no way Goldline should be doing this but they are doing it making it special right now um, 866 goldline 866 goldline or goldline.com find out today how they can help you the Glenn back program So Joe Manchin uh, finally, you know, uh, becomes who he's always been. He is a a guy who talked a good game, but in the end, he's caved and he is passing the Build Back Better bill, which is now called the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, It is it is that in name only. It is a a big tax and spend bill for the green uh, energy Um, McConnell helped the Democrats pass the $280 billion big tech corporate welfare bill. Read this story on The Blaze. Uh, And uh, he said, we'll work with you on that. We'll pass it if you forego the reconciliation, the budget reconciliation process. Um, And uh, Schumer said, yes, okay, we'll do that. And what does Schumer do? Once they pass the welfare bill for corporations, Then Schumer says, oh, okay, now we're going to pass the uh, reconciliation bill. So he betrays McConnell. What a surprise. I mean, how are people surprised by this? 
How do these Republicans continue to make the same mistake over and over and over again? It's almost like the leadership is with the left. It's just inexcusable, just inexcusable. And by the way, this $280 billion package uh, that is going for, you know, high tech and for the chips. All this is, is build back better. That's all this is. This is furthering our public private partnership. We'll give you the money and you produce these things. Joe, uh, Joe Biden said that he's going to, I'm refilling the strategic reserve. Uh huh. Are you? Yeah, I am. I'm going to dedicate in this next budget. I want everybody to pass another however many billion dollar bill to replace the gasoline or the oil in the strategic oil reserve, which has to be done. But he's I can guarantee you there's going to be conditions on who he buys the oil from. And I will bet you that it is only uh, like an Exxon that will be. Uh, you know, playing ball with the ESG because they have a gun to their head. Or I wouldn't be surprised if he bought it from British Petroleum and he skips American companies. But all that money is, is a way for them to control the industry. That's a public-private partnership. And man, I just don't get it. Is the, Are there Republicans that are in the House and the Senate that understand this? Because it certainly ain't turtle face. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with the end of the week wrap-up and part two uh, tomorrow of something really, really important. CNN is saying that all of our churches are white nationalist churches. Um, And uh, that story has been circulating for a few days now. Part two of my epic takedown of CNN's, quote, facts, end quote, tomorrow. This is the Glenn Beck Program.